We continue from verse 10 of chapter 53, Isaiah. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors, saying, Barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I have a feeling that uh, Handel has already preached my sermon for me. Uh, uh, it was quite moving, isn't it, to, to hear that, and also Keith, um, Stuart Tanner and Keith Getty as well. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to sing these pieces of music. They are uh, extremely powerful, and they tell the story. But uh, to get into this, let me uh, take you to a completely different place. Uh, recently, I, um, I got hold of a, a, a movie, a film. It was called Free Solo. And it's about a young climber who climbs El Capitan. Now, if you are an Apple Mac user, you will recognize that because that was your um, screensaver uh, for one of the uh, particular uh, iterations and, uh, of, of the software. It, this is one of the toughest in the world. And when I rented the movie... Um, the designation of the film was an 18, and I thought it was a mistake. I thought, you know, you're not going to get a lot of sex and violence on a mountainside. You just, I just can't see it. This is a mistake. So I felt fairly safe in renting it. As your vicar, you will be pleased to know. Um, <laughs> what I didn't realize was he was climbing it without ropes. That's the extraordinary thing. And this is the most difficult rock face, sheer rock face to climb. And it has never been climbed without ropes ever before. In fact, he, he actually attempted one go and couldn't do it and then came back again. And it's an 18, and I discovered why it was an 18, because you know you're watching someone who at any moment might die. 
and he's literally hanging on to life by his fingernails. And in fact, Rachel and I couldn't watch it. We were hiding our faces, as it were. And in fact, neither could the film crew, which is a bit of a problem because they were filming it. Now, that's, that's the way that looking at the death of Jesus sometimes makes you feel. It makes you feel, ah, as our passage says, if you've got it there in front of you, um, as the passage actually says um, in uh, verse uh, 3, like one from whom people hide their faces. Because he's a man of sorrows. He's, he's familiar with pain. We don't want to look at it. Uh, and, and yet we must look. Because here you will find your peace with the God who made you. A peace for all eternity. And that's worth finding. So let's look. And I've just got two very simple points to make. Um, the first is... That's the title. The first is The Unattractive Servant. Now, um, we're, we're, we're in a bit of the Bible that's 700 years before Jesus. It's Isaiah. And uh, Isaiah is writing a prophecy. So why is it being used to understand something 700 years later? Well, the truth is with God, that the, with God there are no accidents. That's very particularly special to me. Uh, my, my daughter had an accident, but it, see it as an accident. You know, God was in charge. And with the death of his own son, this is, there's no accident here about what he was going to do to save the world. And what he did was he prefigured it. He, 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 he gave a preview of the story. Uh, and uh, certainly because it's so important, he wants to bring people back home to him. This little section is about bringing people home. It's got a double meaning, bringing people back from exile in, 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 uh, in Babylon, but it's also about bringing people uh, who are far from God back to him. And so 700 years before Jesus, God speaks to this prophet Isaiah, and uh, he speaks to this extraordinary rescue that's going to bring people home. And it's going to be accomplished by his servant. And in this in these passages in Isaiah, there are four servant songs. And they build up and they build up and they build up. And this is the last one. We looked at the first one last week uh, in the evening. So this is the last one. And, and, and people have wondered, well, who is the servant of the Lord? Is it, uh, is it the Jewish people? Are, we, are they meant to be the servants of the Lord? But as you go through it, you see it narrows down. It narrows down to one person. One person, in your reading there, you'll see that this one person, the, the beginning of the servant song starts that, see my servant will act wisely, he'll be raised up, lifted and highly exalted. And we couldn't, didn't have enough room to print the whole of the servant song. But if you had your Bibles with you, per chance, you would see that it finishes with God praising his servant. But in between, it starts with praising and ends, in between, this this one who is to be the super saviour, this amazing servant whom uh, the New Testament hints as Jesus, but everything is turned upside down. The super saviour, the super servant who's going to rescue God's people and bring them home is going to be the most unattractive, ugly person at one point in his life. 
I was very struck by these references to, to bad looks. We major, don't we, on good looks. How many times have you looked in the mirror today? But yeah, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> At least once. At least once. Okay. Um, and look at this. There were many who appalled at him in verse 14 of the previous chapter. There, you see it. His appearance was so disfigured beyond any human being and his form marred beyond any human likeness. It's, it's as if he's suffered appallingly. He's disfigured. He's, he's almost treated as subhuman, marred beyond human likeness. And this is not what the kings of the earth expect. Um, it says here, the kings will shut their mouths because of him. It's not what we expect. We think that the person who is going to lead us and save us out is going to be a celebrity. I'm reading uh, Michelle Obama, um, the, the, the book. Uh, Paul got us all onto it. And the, the, the story uh, of uh, Barack Obama is that uh, you know, he seemed to win everybody over with his brilliance and his personality. Um, and uh, he, was, uh, he was awarded a Nobel Prize before he'd done anything. He was just extraordinary. Uh, normally you have to be good-looking to get on, perhaps. But God's hero is no A-lister. <laughs> he's no rock god. He's no movie star. No, he's unattractive. He's deeply, appallingly unattractive. Because he suffers. American writer called Susan Sontag, um, she suffered for years from cancer. She's a very, very good writer. She's died from it in the end. And she wrote this. She said, it's not suffering as such that is most deeply feared. It is suffering that degrades. And if you think about what Christ went through on the cross, it was deeply degrading. It was almost subhuman. It's as if he could say, I have experienced the worst that human beings can experience. Well, that's the first uh, little section, 13 to 15. Then there's a second section. Um, if the first were outsiders, 13 to 15, the kings of the earth and many nations, 53 seems to be about the Jewish people, and they didn't regard him highly either. He, you know, he grew up like a tender shoot, you know, like a root out of dry ground. Well, how many of those grow up? Loads of them. He's just nobody. He's just nothing special. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. And when we looked at him and... Um, indeed, uh, when, when people, first of all, consider Jesus, they see he's somebody despised, rejected mankind. He's a man of suffering. He's uh, acquainted with or familiar with pain. And it says in summary at the end of th the verse 3, which is the second section, there are five sections, we held him in low esteem. Now, the word esteem would be used by accountants. And uh, it's basically an accounting term. We basically valued him as zero. He's not worth it. That's, yeah, we added it up and came to nothing. He didn't impress us. He's not worth my time. He's not worth my devotion. Here is somebody who is 
you might say, so disfigured as to be disabled. Here's somebody who's regarded as of, of low worth, low, lowest than the low. That's what he looks like. And it's very difficult um, for people to have a different view. And yet, people do. People regard him as a beautiful servant. Handel, who wrote, uh, and, uh, and is, is librettist, I think it's Jenner's, is it? Jenner's, the librettist, um, uh, was... Uh, picked out those verses uh, from this next section that we're going to look at, the third part of this, of this final song, in verses 4 to 6, that you've got printed out for you. And the view of Jesus is changed. And it's not changed because you try and work it out. It's not, it's not human wisdom that can see it. In verse 1, it's, it's divine disclosure. Who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? You won't get this unless God shows you. And one of the ways he shows you is by a very simple word that you need to get tonight. And this is perhaps the most important word for you. We read in the previous section that he... Uh, what was it? He was... Um, let me find it there. He was a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Then you look at verse 4 and you see this one word, surely, as we sang. He has borne our pain. He has borne our suffering. And that's the clue to seeing who Jesus is. You see someone on the cross and you think it looks pretty awful and you don't want to look at it until you put the one word in, our. My suffering, my pain, let me read on. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. By his wounds we are healed. You see, the truth is, it's not Jesus who is ugly. It's not Jesus who has done anything wrong. And, and uh, the, the fourth section of this song will, will, will point that out. It's not, it's not Jesus, it's us. <laughs> We're the ugly ones. We're the ones who've committed transgressions. We're the ones who have committed iniquity. Now, when I talk about this, um, it, it feels as if I'm trying to make you guilty. And you think, oh, I come to church, you're always making me feel guilty. No, we're just trying to, <laughs> trying to help you. If we diagnose it right, then we can heal it, okay? So it's, it's what a doctor does all the time, gets the diagnosis right, and then you can be healed. What is wrong with us? We are sinful. And in this way, the God who made us, who gave us our very breath, we ignore him. I don't know if you've ever been to a party and, uh, and people are, be, are, are being introduced and you're in a line and they, this person's introduced and this person's introduced and then they pass by you 
and they just talk to somebody else. It's awful to be ignored, isn't it? <laughs> Treated like a block of wood, unfriended. That's what we've done to God. We've unfriended him. <laughs> ignored him. Or, or secondly, we, we do go to him, but only when we're in trouble. You know, some, something awful has happened, and you suddenly start to pray. And I don't like it when I'm used. I often get callers at the door. Um, my neighbours um, see me and sometimes help me out with this. And they, they're all friendly. And can I borrow some money? <laughs> Being used. Or I treat God as if he doesn't know what he's talking about with regard to life. Can I say this is a very big mistake? Um, we, we feel as if we know what's best for our lives. And, and it's very embarrassing when you make a mistake like this. So I, 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 I may have been at a party, I think, um, at, at some point where um, I was going on about European history because I've read a book. You know, so I was talking about it. And then I said to this guy, what do you do for a crust? You know, what do you do for a living? He says, I'm a historian. I said, oh, American? You know, <laughs> trying to crawl back here. No, European, actually. Yeah. In fact, the very period you're talking about. And what do you do when that happens? So that's, you see, and so I said to God, no, 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 you don't know what's best for my life. I do. <laughs> I made you. Every breath comes from him. We were created by him. Every joy comes from him. And I fling it back in his face. I am a transgressor. And so it's not so important what I think about God. What's important is what does God think about me? And here is the extraordinary thing. He knows everything about you. And yet, verse 6 if you could take one verse home with you, it would be this. Other than the, the verses with our in, it is this one. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Do you notice how Handel uh, wrote that piece of music? He made us sing these. Da, 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 da. We couldn't do it, but uh, well, we tried. Um, all the sheep are scurrying away all over the place. Each of us has turned to our own way. And then the whole piece slowed down to this adagio. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You have to forgive me if you've heard me preach on this before, but I know of no better way to explain it than for this book to be a catalogue of every failure, of everything that you feel ashamed of. And it rests upon you. And at times you, th you remember it and you think to yourself, it's not good. How did God and I become friends? And then you see this. All we like sheep have turned astray. We've gone to our own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 700 years before it happened, it was spoken of so that we might know. And Handel knew it. Handel knew it. What does it feel like to be rescued by God? He was made ugly that you might be beautiful.
there's that climber again. I want you to imagine that he gets into trouble. He doesn't know how to get out. And you'll see I've imposed a very famous painting to the right. He is looking up and he's stuck. Some of us are stuck thinking, how on earth can I become a Christian? I'd never be good enough. I, 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 or or I, am, I just feel overwhelmed by um, trying to be good. I can't. I cannot save myself. Or I'm gripped by things that are too strong for me. They're too powerful for me. I'm stuck. I feel as if I'm hanging by my fingernails. And then you see the other painting, the painting... Salvador Dali painting uh, is of Christ looking down from the cross. And I want you to imagine that his hand, one of the hands is torn free from the nail and uh, he reaches down and he pulls up the climber. But at a cost to himself as he goes tumbling over. He dies instead. Now, it's an imperfect illustration, I know. But it feels like that. Just as we close, this passage was taken up in, th in three specific places in the New Testament and, um, and in various other places as well. Jesus uh, alluded to it. But in one particular place, Jesus has died and has risen. His disciples are now preaching the message and it's going out to all the world. And on a road to Gaza, there is an Ethiopian. He's a eunuch. He's been deliberately disabled, I suppose you could say. Um, he, is, uh, he has been to Jerusalem. He's wanted to go to the temple. But because of his situation, his physical impairment. He is not allowed in the temple. He's kept out. And also because he's Ethiopian. He's not allowed in. And the story goes, as you read Acts chapter 8, that uh, one of the uh, evangelists, uh, one of the messengers, Philip, sees him and he's reading. Uh, the, the Ethiopian is reading Isaiah 53. <laughs> 54 and 55 and 56, actually, as well. He's reading that whole section. And in that whole section, he discovers that, that foreigners and eunuchs can be brought into God's family. And he reads back into Isaiah 53, and he sees that, that there was one who suffered, and he suffered so that he had no descendants rather like him. He was disfigured rather like him. <laughs> he was an outsider. And he, he, he says, who is, who is this that I read about in Isaiah 53? And Philip explains to him that it's Jesus Christ who died on a cross, was, as it were, pushed out of God's presence, was made ugly, bore our failings so that you and I could be counted beautiful in his sight if we but trusted him. So Handel knew it. Church fathers knew it. New Testament writers knew it. 
and I pray and trust that you will know it tonight. If you are not yet sure that you're a Christian, simply put your hand in his, as it were, in a prayer, but I'm going to pray now, and say, Lord Jesus, I put my hand in your hand. You were made ugly so that I could become clean and beautiful in your sight. You may have no feelings or you may be overwhelmed with feelings. I don't know. But that doesn't matter. You've done the right thing. Shall we pray? Lord, you understand our circumstances. Sometimes we feel as if we're climbing an impossible mountain and we'll never make it. Sometimes we feel like the Ethiopian, a complete outsider. Sometimes we feel that there's something in our lives that disqualifies us. Whatever it might be, help us to look again at this extraordinary poem 700 years before and see that you were disfigured for us that you were pushed out for us that you bore our sins and failings and shame so that we might be beautiful for God Lord we put our trust in you again and delight in you May this Easter be one where our hearts are touched to love you, to delight in you, and to see in that death the beauty of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.